0: and definitely check out those shows as well. I hope you'll all check out the all new Zibby Mag, Z-I-B-B-Y-M-A-G, the literary lifestyle destination with essays, book news, a lit lifestyle feature, and even some classes. Check it out, zibbymag.com. This is a very, very special episode with Adina Menzel, and her sister, Cara Menzel, and it's about their new children's book called Loud Mouse. Adina Menzel, if you don't know her by name, is a powerhouse actor, singer-songwriter, philanthropist, entrepreneur, and now a writer. She was Tony-nominated for her Broadway performances in Rent and If Then, winning the prize for Wicked's Green Girl. People around the world know her as Elsa in Disney's Oscar-winning Frozen and Frozen 2. She has performed at the Oscars and the Super Bowl and is the co-founder of a broader way foundation whose mission is leadership development to amplify young women's voices through the arts. Loud Mouse is Adina's latest endeavor to build on the message of empowerment and finding our voices. Adina's greatest gift is her son, Walker. Her sister is Kara Menzel, and her debut memoir, which I read, which is great, is called Voice Lessons A Sister's Story. And it was all about her relationship with her superstar sister, Adina Menzel. And yes, they happen to spell their names differently in case anyone is reading this. Kara's memoir was a Goodreads Choice Award in 2017. Kara lives in Boulder, Colorado, where she and her husband raised their Brady Bunch of Boys against the beauty of the Rocky Mountains. She has a master's degree in elementary education with an emphasis on children's literacy. And though she currently spends most of her time writing, she enjoyed teaching elementary school for well over a decade and can occasionally be found back in the classroom talking about books she loves. This is her first picture book. And let me also say that my daughter sang a version of the song that Adina wrote and performed that goes with this called Loud Mouse, and it's beautiful. So I'm going to play a clip of it while I'm doing the interview, but stay tuned at the end of this episode if you would like to hear my nine-year-old daughter's entire song. Welcome, Adina and Kara. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. I'm so thrilled to have you here. i so
2: thrilled to be here.
0: Yes, thank you. I'm very honored. Oh, loud mouse is so gorgeous. The illustrations are amazing. And the story is so inspiring. Tell listeners, why did you two decide to write this book together? And what is this children's book really about at its heart?
3: Yeah, I wasn't sure what I wanted to write about for a long time. And it finally dawned on me that I thought I wanted to sort of have this conversation with kids about When I was a little girl and I knew deep down that I had something special to share, you know, but I wasn't always sure how much space to take up with it and how much to call attention to myself. And, and it was scary to make myself vulnerable because, like Kara says, when you want to be seen and heard, then, and it happens, then you're really seen and you're really heard. So that elicits a lot of complicated emotions, especially, I mean, it still happens for me as an adult, but especially as a child. So when I decided that's sort of where I wanted to go, I didn't want to do it on my own, my sister, is the writer. She's a teacher. She's specialized in literacy. She's knows me better than anyone in the whole world. And so I didn't want to do it unless she would do it with me. So then I called her and asked her. <laughs> In Kara's memoir, you talked about how publishers or editors came
0: to you to write a memoir and you said, I want to do it with my sister. And they said, oh, she could be the ghostwriter. And you're like, no, no, no. My sister is no ghostwriter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like she's going to write the whole thing with me or she's not going to do it.
2: And then she ended up writing the whole book, which yeah. is wonderful. Yeah. Thank you. That was a huge accomplishment. A whole different, a whole different game to write a, a memoir versus a picture book, but so e- equal, uh, equally difficult tasks. Well, I
0: have to say, I also went to a very similar sleepaway camp, and I was also in the play, and they also did not let my parents come, and I was (laughs) devastated, devastated. I was in the Diary of Anne Frank, and I was Anne. It was my the only starring role I've had in my life. It's been that was basically it. Age twelve,
3: Diary of Anne Frank at like Stage Door Manor or French Woods. Well, it
0: wasn't, although I was, I actually just visited French but it wasn't there. It was in a regular all around camp. And later they were like, well, maybe they just knew you could memorize the lines. And I was like, that is so not nice. <laughs>
2: uh-huh. I am not an actress, but anyway, uh-huh. I completely <laughs> related to that moment. In a video of myself singing, uh, oh, I think I, maybe I did mention this in voice lessons that I, you know, bushel on a pack uh-huh. and, um, or take back your mink or whatever it is. And I'm like, this is a strip tease. <laughs> Yeah, so Um, you think my parents shouldn't see me do this? (laughs) All works out in the end.
0: I was really moved by one moment, Adina, when you heard Kara singing to her child, and you realized that she also has this amazing voice. And then Mm -hmm. you had this moment, like, what if I didn't let her star power really shine? And I feel like there's so much of that there, there's a lot in this children's book of mm-hmm. one person growing so big and everyone else staying the same size. So mm-hmm. maybe you could just talk about that and what it feels like in relation to others when you're, you know, you talk in the children's book about can a star not shine? Of course not, but mm-hmm. the effects of the other stars is not shining as brightly. What does that do? And I feel like nobody talks about that.
2: Yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up. That's, that's something we haven't touched on as much today, I think. And, and that's a really good, I was, that was, one of the special things about the book that we really wanted to try and tackle for sure you talk about talk no, about no. how that was for you well <laughs> <laughs> no.
3: i think that's what happens is we hide our gifts you know in order we're afraid that you know we'll be too much and we'll steal attention from someone else especially if it's someone like your sister you want to shine and have her moment and so i think there's always that kind of navigating that dynamic, and and then you know, sort of this codependent relationship, you know. And then she just wants, she wants her sister to have, she wants me to have these moments, and step into the spotlight, you know. While all along, that is somehow complicated for her because she's like, well, I don't know what I want to do with my life. And My seven-year-old sister <laughs> is already dreaming of being on Broadway and's got it worked out, and she's still figuring it out, and that's like. So I think that happens a lot with siblings and even, you know, married couples, relationships. (laughs) It's always about, you know, how, you know, you always talk about not losing yourself in a relationship, but also being able to learn from the other person and compromise as well. And so is that balance is hard. You know, how do you keep your own identity while also merging with someone else? That's the more grown up version of it.
2: Yeah, and but I think that's also the the identity piece of that is really important in Loud Mouse. You know, because it is family. It it is the people that she's closest to her her little sister, her mom that sort of help her stick to the truth, like find her truth, right? And I think that's so important because identity is ever evolving. You know, we ask kids all the time, like, you know, just be yourself. You know, that's the solution. Don't try to be, you know, just what be yourself. What does that, and it's mean? Like, what's that mean? You know, yeah. still, I don't know what that means. I'm still today. I'm a children's book author. <laughs> right. But five years ago, I was not. That's what I tend to tell
3: people to just go where it feels good, where you feel fulfilled, where it brings you joy, whatever that creative outlet is, you know, for you. And you can't go wrong if you're sort of following your heart in that way and it will lead you somewhere. That is your passion. That is the thing you are meant to do, you know. With the exception
2: of the few people that are motivated to go the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> the saboteurs.
3: Involved <laughs> in that as well. Haven't? We our inner
2: saboteur. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. But that's one thing we, you know, I did have bullying kids that Mate, you know, I think looking back, we're probably jealous or competitive and put me down and said, Oh, you're showing off. But we actually made a conscious effort to portray the other kids in this book as very supportive Mm -hmm. and excited by this young girl and her love for singing.
2: So, and that was that was tricky because I think it's humor and authenticity that kind of drove the writing. Mm -hmm. So, we still wanted to be authentic. Um, and I, But I think it is authentic for kids to be kind. So we we wanted that to be modeled. We wanted that to be on the page. But you still have like Ren who does have this huge talent. I mean, he draws this amazing, amazing international space station. You know, it's just a quieter talent. Mm-hmm. It's just yes. maybe not as fascinating to a class of first graders or <laughs>
0: whatever. When they can be easily wiped off with somebody else's yes. butt,
2: as it
0: as it <laughs> says in the book.
2: <laughs> it, totally. But, and yet, you know, but his, his identity and how he expresses himself in the world is, is is different and is will be a different book. You know what I mean? And at risk of being long-winded here, what I love
3: about what Kara did was when you're talking about the size of things and how we make each other feel or how we feel in the world and how she always, she has this repetitive theme of walking past the anthill and the the buttercups and then the redwoods. And when she's excited and she's excited to go to school and share her voice, she is she's getting larger in perspective to what she's, is that right? Mm -hmm. To what she's walking past. And that's how we feel in life. Like we feel tall today, you know, or it it doesn't have to be height, but we just feel that way. You know, how many people tell me when they meet me that they thought I was six feet tall when I was in Wicked because, but they don't realize I was in all black and I was wearing heels and a black tall pointed witch hat. (laughs) But it's also because I felt powerful, you know, and I was doing my thing. And then on the way back, when she's feeling really demoralized, she's
2: sort of shrinking. But, yeah. And um, just in perspective. Yeah. And then when her little sister says, you know, well, you've always been big and loud to me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, it's already sort of, you know, using imagery, established the size is relative. And so for the little sister, big sister is bossy and loud and <laughs> bigger. And so, yeah, those are, those are really important sort of yeah. embedded themes that we wanted to
0: have on the page. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Even that, the sadness of success, the loneliness factor, because it was a little lonely for her to be so big because she was up there by herself. I don't know. And people don't discuss like, okay, I've got, here's my gift and I'm studying my stuff, but where's everybody
2: else? Exactly, exactly. And that there's an educator guide that we that we put together that has like 10 lessons and stuff. And, and half of them are really um, social, emotional learning focused. And one of those lessons that it makes me think of is called take a seat. And it's like, you know, kids have to sit in different chairs in the classroom and talk about what they notice or what they feel. And one of the seats is like the teacher's chair mm-hmm. in front, you know, and this, this idea that, you know, you... It feels different to be in yeah. these different roles, in these different positions. If Sometimes you feel bigger. Sometimes you yeah. feel, I mean, how do we feel sometimes, you know, you go to a kindergarten parent-teacher conference and they put you in those teeny chairs and all yeah. of a sudden.
0: That's always know, fun. Feel,
2: it's not <laughs> I just think, like, I think it makes me small. feel
0: more it's slender small. than those chairs, you know.
2: <laughs> so different, yes.
3: But it is lonely. I think that's, I mean, I just know that I experienced that. Sometimes in order to have that sort of transcendent experience of when you're doing something so pure and for the love of something, it can feel very solitary because you really have to make yourself completely vulnerable and there's that fragility. And and for me in my life, in order to connect, I've learned to really make a, a connection and to move an audience, so to speak. It only works when I'm, when I'm made myself vulnerable and I took a risk and that can be lonely to do that.
2: Yeah.
0: I would imagine there would be a huge sense of like emotional depletement afterwards, right? How do you yeah, get a crashing so much and, and then
1: have yeah. to rebound? Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. off your first order at Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. I was really struck also, I think it was Kara
0: in your note or somewhere in your book, when you said that the two of you come together and you're always there for each other, but that For a while, you were seeing each other mostly at family stuff. Like you can be in touch, but sometimes you don't even see the people you love until not in the fabric of your everyday life anymore because, Adina, you were traveling all the time and you were farther away. And how do you stay close and maintain those bonds, especially between sisters or best friends or whatever, when you are far apart and you do tend to only reunite when something really good or really bad happens? So like,
3: how do you you navigate that? Well, we were really lucky during the pandemic, one of the silver linings for us was that Kara relocated to LA and we she rented a, ho- a home nearby with a pool and like a little pool house that we converted into a schoolhouse. And then, oh. and then five mommy friends and I brought our kids over to Kara, dumped <laughs> them off and um she she what did you do you connected with the school curriculum and the teachers virtually and then once the parents knew how great Kara was we were sort of off and running and off the screens and and it was just so nice to be in the same town my son developed this wonderful bond with aunt Kara which you know he always loved her but this is special during that time to have this sort of that these, our kids were so free and running outside and learning in a, in a place that felt unsuffocating and this one-on-one experience, you know, they really bonded and that just felt so good to me.
2: I loved it because, you know, when, when he's young and I would see him, it's still like all about mom, you know, and then I have all boys. So then, then when I would, you know, he gets a little older and I see him, but I'm with Jake or Jake and Avery or Jake, Avery and Oscar and, and he wants nothing to do with me. He's got his cousins all around. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and I think also being the son of, of celebrities too, I never want to be one more person he has to pay attention to or, or something else on the radar. I just want to be sort of present, you know? So I was never kind of reaching for him in that, in that way. I don't know how to explain that. It was was so organic
3: and he needed you.
2: And so it was, it was perfect because it was like, oh, this I can do, you know, and my whole family was able to pick up and leave because they, they're older. My son was in high school, so he was already I mean, it's just a testament
3: to you and what a great teacher and human you are. And it's also that he just wanted to get the hell away from me because I was helicoptering. <laughs> it was just like, did you, did you do this to Simon yet? Did you do this? Did you do that? And, you know, she'd take them to the beach and have them creative write in their journals looking at the ocean and then take them for ice cream and then they jump in the pool and then they do math, you know? And it was just like, it, we talk about it all the time, my mommy friends and I, about just how it literally saved our sanity. <laughs>
0: And that's all that matters. If only I could have (laughs) dropped my kids there.
3: (laughs) Uh, Exactly.
0: Actually, I have four kids. And my daughter, who's nine, loves to sing, but gets very embarrassing in public. And we Mm -hmm. spent probably an hour straight with her singing your song over and over and over again, the loud mouth song. And so I recorded it. Can I play you like a few seconds of it? Oh my God, is I she, thought you were gonna it. say
3: let it go, I'm so- No,
0: no, no, the new song. Wait, I have to play it for you because we spent so long on it and she was so excited. Is
3: she okay, okay. with you sharing it
2: publicly? She is, she's okay. okay, she's okay with it. I'll just play like- Tell her, tell oh. her she's more brave than me because okay. I have yet to have the nerve
0: La 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 You don't tell hey. a mountain Not to be tall You don't tell a an nail, Not to be small You don't tell the ocean Not to be blue So don't let somebody
1: Tell you not to be you Oh, I'm just gonna be me Who else would I be? I'm just gonna be me Who else would I be? La 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 la. La 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 la.
3: I'll stop there. I'll stop there. That's such a vibe already.
1: Yeah.
3: You tell her what I love about it is I can hear that she emulated some of the things that I did, but she also made it her own. And to do that at such a young age shows real artistry.
2: Amazing. And then that he made my day, which this is a pretty big day. So the fact that that topped it,
3: <laughs> you
2: know, said a lot. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, this is all we've been singing around here. I'll have you know. <laughs>
3: Sorry, but I'm glad it changed. You know, the set list is changing a little bit.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's true. It's true. No, it's really wonderful. You know, the message behind it is so great. The message behind all of it. And it's so empowering for kids who everyone has their own interests. You know, you have kids, everybody just, they have their things. And it's like, well, maybe I shouldn't like this, or maybe this shouldn't be my thing or whatever. So I didn't say that very well, but it's really empowering to 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 pursue Pursue what you love is so important. So, anyway, thank you for having that stuck in my head forever. It will be. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It's all good. I, I woke up singing it to my son. He's like, uh, Mom. <laughs> okay, sorry. Anyway, do you two have plans for more children's books together?
3: Well, we started writing the sequel already, which because in the publishing world, man, they like they don't give you a break. Like, this takes yeah. a year. So, get on. I
2: was supposed to have a draft ready today. I was like, today? <laughs> yeah, you- <laughs> um book really uh,
3: yeah but it's going to be called Proud Mouse because it's it focuses on Carolee Lee and exactly what we've been Uh-oh. talking about and trying to pave her own way and find her own lane in life that's in amazing. the midst of having a very bossy sister who takes up a lot of space
2: <laughs> but it's um I think it's equally funny and equally and and yeah, it's actually more yeah. yeah it's really it's really fun It's really fun. It's really difficult to write children's books. Of course, I I knew that it would be, but because there's a a simplicity to them, but there's also a sophistication, Mm -hmm. right? The ones that we
3: grew up loving and the ones that we loved reading to our sons. I think there had to be, they have to be multi-level in in their themes and messaging. And that's just what we were inspired Mm -hmm. by those books that we loved.
2: Yeah, it's just that that kind of nailing that balance is is really is key and 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 challenging. Yeah, I think we did it. You did a great job. It's amazing. I actually wrote a children's book.
0: It's called Princess Charming. It came out from Penguin Random House. I home? know that book. Yeah, you do. No, I, mean, I feel like I've seen. Yes. <laughs> oh, anyway, it came out last year. Yeah, people are like, "Well, is this really hard?" And I'm like, "It was so hard." But at the end of the day, it's not that many words. I mean, I'm kidding. <laughs> 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 I mean, you you wrote a memoir, Kara. It's like. I know,
2: but every word counts. No, it and does. I'm totally kidding. I'm kidding. No, but yes, you know, <laughs> it, it is a totally different endeavor. I get it. But yes, challenging in a different way. No, it's very challenging. And, and also, you know, sorry, a children's audience, that's a different attention span that you have to engage. So yes, you know, that's another thing that's different from from memoir. Like somehow, that's- you know, you've got to use a refrain, To you have repetition to pull them back in to give them you know access the whole time. There's like all these things that you have to do to keep a young mind engaged. With all the performing I've done in my life and all the
3: high pressure gigs, I'm usually the most nervous when I have to stand up in front of a room full of children. Really? Yeah, like especially um, I have this camp foundation called a Broader Way, which we send girls from the city up to um, the country for two weeks and. We sing and we dance and we write and we, it's all using the arts to help amplify young voices, future leaders, we call them. But whenever I'm asked to come up, so I go up there, but when I'm asked to teach a class, I'm terrified (laughs) because I just, I feel like they see through you so fast if you're not honest and authentic, you know, and it just happened the other day. It was down in North Carolina, uh, North Carolina, yeah. I'm singing in front of 400 little kids. And I found myself so nervous. <laughs> Carnegie Hall, no problem. <laughs> but North Carolina Elementary School, wherever I was in Salem, oh my God. <laughs> I'm sure it went well. How did it go? <laughs> that was great. It was great. It yeah. <laughs> just if you, if you engage them and you ask them certain questions, sometimes they raise their hand, but they're not really prepared to answer the question. They just <laughs> want to talk. And so then they just start talking about things that have nothing to do with what you ask them. So I was just—I was like, okay, let's let's talk
2: about that. It was very um kindergarten cop. Remember that Arnold Schwarzenegger? Yes, today? totally. Like maybe you have a tumor or whatever. <laughs> I, I would argue that that occasionally
0: happens at grown-up book readings as well.
2: Yeah. True. <laughs> very true.
0: You never know. Do you have any advice on all the sisters out there who want to stay in touch or all the best friends and they don't maybe have as good ways to stay in touch or they they have to cope with maybe one of them has been more successful than the other and they don't even maybe talk about it or any of that what what do you say to all those people
2: I mean for me I don't know if it's okay to say this but I'm I'm atheist so I had to get really clear about what my values are and what's important to me and then all my i try to build all my behavior and make all my choices around what i've decided my values are you know so i know that family and relationships are that's my priority and I, it's my priority is never to be right or to be better or those my priority is always just to be connected And I think that makes it really easy to be a cheerleader and really easy to be a protector. And what's the last one when I think of sisterhood, cheerleader, protector. Oh, truth teller, I think truth teller also, which is, you know, you can't be afraid of telling your sister the truth or that, you know, then something's missing. So, So I don't know if that's advice, but to me, sometimes I have to remind myself what what is actually important to me so that I behave in the way that I want to instead of letting it happen haphazardly.
3: I've always talked about the role reversal with us. So, you know, I might look like the one that's got the glossier life, you know, more attention. But the truth is when it comes down to it, even though she's my younger sister, I look up to her most of the time. She's the one I call for guidance at my worst she got married younger, had kids younger. So I always feel she's just like always been the old soul, you know? And so it doesn't even feel that way so much. I mean, she's the hero to me. She's the one I, I go to. Um, so I think that's, that's what makes a successful sibling relationships, friend relationships is, uh, honoring in each other, you know, what, what you love about them and, and the truth telling. I mean, My, my friends and my family, my sister, they, they're not afraid to tell me when I screw (laughs) up and when to get real. And, you know, I find in my business, a lot of people surround themselves with yes, people. Mm -hmm. And I do, I have a lot of no people, (laughs) a lot of people that are like, no, yes, (laughs) get your shit together. But that's the way I prefer it because I want to be a good person. And so I try to surround myself with people that I really look up to.
0: Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, both of you, for coming on. Moms don't have time to read books. Thanks, I'm sure, for making my daughter's whole world by commenting what's your on her name. What's your name? Your daughter's name. I try not to say it publicly, not like I don't oh, okay. know. Yeah, anything? I don't but know. I don't know. I just like no, don't, don't there, say it. No, I was. Gonna.
2: I was just thinking first name, but yes, you don't need to say it publicly. No worries. Okay. Just, just say yeah, it. no. Thank you, and yeah. it's very
3: brave of her to share that. And she sound. I can't wait to hear more things that she does. I just, I really could hear her own style in there, which is really rare for such a young person to to have. So tell her to keep searching for that and to emulate, but not imitate. Love it. Well,
0: honestly, it was your book that gave her the bravery to do it. I'm serious. She never would have done it, but you inspired her as you will be inspiring so many other people. Thank you. Love it. Love it so much. All right. Thank well, congratulations you. on the lunch. Good. the next one. Okay. Okay. Thanks All you. right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books.